welcome to the Yoga Focus Podcast. My name is Laura Gellner, and I am a yoga therapist and occupational therapist based in New Jersey. I created the Yoga Focus Podcast as a way to talk about the tools and techniques of yoga and to see how we can use those techniques to create a greater sense of focus and clarity within our life. Hi guys, welcome to this episode of the Yoga Focus Podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about some tips and kind of foundation information that if you are, maybe you just started yoga or you're interested in starting yoga, some foundation knowledge that can make that process more enjoyable. The first thing that I'm going to say is if you're going to practice at a yoga studio, find out the style that that studio teaches because when we say yoga or hatha yoga, meaning we're going to do physical postures, there's a huge scope that that covers. Everything from being completely still and holding poses for 20 minutes where you're surrounded by fuzzy blankets and pillows and you're super comfortable, all the way up to the room being 103 degrees and you're constantly moving from pose to pose, there might be handstands involved. I mean, it really, really runs the gamut from one end of the spectrum to the other. So you wanna know what kind of studio you are going into. Is it a hot yoga studio? Is it a power yoga studio? Um, what teacher or lineage do they follow, if any? I know in the town where I live, there are a few different studios and they really vary dramatically in the style of yoga that they teach and the way that the teachers are trained. So depending on if you have a certain injury or condition, um, it's really going to make a big difference which class you walk into or who is leading that class. So that's the first one. Know the style or the type of yoga that you are walking into. and. We have access to all sorts of information. A quick Google search is going to tell you what Kripalu yoga is or what Kundalini yoga is so you understand. You can also probably find some information on the website from the studio explaining what their practice style is. Okay, the second one is when you go to a studio or really anywhere, teachers can also have very different backgrounds, very different levels of training and levels of experience. Sometimes we'll have letters after our name to designate if you are a registered yoga teacher um, at 200 hours or 500 hours, depending on how much training you have done. But even beyond that, I think it's important to read the teacher's bio and get a sense of what style they were taught in, what is their background in terms of anatomy, do they understand that sort of stuff, um, do they work things in like breath work and meditation if you're looking for something like that because some teachers will and some teachers won't. So that's something that's just good to know ahead of time before you go into the studio so that you don't end up doing somebody's class that is really not where you want to be. So that's really important. Even within one studio, teachers are going to all vary somewhat. So you want to know what that particular teacher's way of teaching is. 
So then the third one is that I really highly recommend taking some sort of a basics class. I know the studio that I used to teach at years ago would periodically run, um, I want to say it was like a six or an eight week class called Yoga 101. And I thought that was such a good idea. You started with a mat, they would give you a mat, and you would go to one of three classes during the week that went over names of poses, how to do transitions, how to use props, and um, just kind of build up that comfort level. It was more of a workshop type of environment where you could ask questions, it was very relaxed. And they were also welcome to go into the regular group classes to start putting that information into practice. So it was great because then you really felt comfortable going into some other classes, um, having that foundation knowledge. So I think that is excellent. Um, in the case that that isn't available around you, I would recommend picking up a book or watching some videos. Part of what's going to help make you feel more comfortable when you're in class is just a basic familiarity with the names of poses. Because if you hear the teacher say, Warrior One, and you kind of know what that shape looks like in your head already, it's going to make that process easier of figuring out where you're going. Um, sometimes it's kind of awkward, even if the teacher is demonstrating for you to like look under and be like, what, what shape is that? What is she talking about? Um, although you're always welcome to do that if you're not sure. <laughs> um, that happens all the time, but I think when people have that basic understanding of what some of the core poses are, you just don't feel like you're going to get as lost during the practice. And just flipping through a yoga book and familiarizing yourself with some of the poses or maybe some of the breath techniques and things like that, it won't seem quite so strange and different when you go to the class or maybe something like uh, chanting Om that happens a lot of times in yoga practices and kind of taken back by that uh, if you weren't expecting it. So just a basic understanding of poses and things before you go into a group class, really, really helpful. The other thing that I think is really helpful for prepping you to go into a group class is knowing basically how to use certain props. So how to use blocks, what to do with a blanket, things like that will be really helpful because within a group class, say there's 15 people in the room, all 15 of those students really have to do things slightly differently. One might use blocks to be able to step their foot up in between their hands, which is always a, a tricky transition and somebody else might not need that. But if you know that that's an option, you can always throw that into your practice, whether or not the teacher says that as an option. We can't explain every single option in every single class. We literally don't have enough time to talk and explain things. So if you have some foundation understanding of what to do with a block or a blanket or a strap, that will be really, really helpful when you're in a group class. So that if you're kind of struggling with a pose, you'll know, oh, I can grab that strap and it will help me to reach my foot more easily. Just some things like that. So then my fifth tip for those of you who are just beginning your yoga practice is to invest in private sessions. And this is especially important if you have any sort of um, injury or health condition that you're going to have to work around or accommodate. So maybe you've had 
chronic back pain and certain positions can flare up that back pain. If you go into a yoga class without any prior preparation and just follow exactly what the teacher is saying, there is a chance that some of those poses really might not be great for your back pain and if you don't know that going into the class ahead of time, you won't have those tools and those skills to change the practice to meet your particular body because the teacher in a group class is teaching to this broad audience. They are usually not teaching specifics to individual people. And sometimes people go into a group class thinking that that teacher is like watching you and catering the practice just to you. It's, it's just not the case. Um, if there's 15 people in the room, they are teaching to 15 people. So you have one fifteenth of that teacher's attention, if that. Because there's other things that they're thinking about too. The, the music, the lighting, the temperature in the room. We're really juggling a lot of different things at one time. So don't think that that teacher is watching you every second of the class to make sure that you're doing everything um, exactly the way that you need to do it. If that's what you need, which I definitely recommend if you have a condition, you need a private session or several private sessions. Once you fully understand what movements work well, how to modify, how to use props, and how to kind of switch one pose for the other, you can go into any group class and make that work for you because you know what your body needs. Whatever the teacher says, you'll be like, okay, I'm gonna just um, use this prop or I'm going to do this variation of it because I know that my back likes that one. That is huge and definitely worth the investment of time and money into doing a private session. And I think it's worth mentioning that historically, yoga was really taught on a more one-to-one -one basis with the teacher. You had a lot more one-on-one -on -one time, a lot more feedback. Yoga has become this thing that is almost entirely taught in a group setting now and that changes it because you are teaching to a group of people and you're trying to give that group something that it will work well for most people in the class but if you don't know how to make that work specifically for you, you're not going to get as much out of that practice. So starting with a series of private sessions can be super, super helpful and can really make you feel much more comfortable when you go into that group class, like confident that you know exactly what you need to do. The sixth thing is that I think you should really consider workshops. Um, a lot of people, I feel like, don't look into the realm of attending a workshop until they've been doing yoga for several years, and I don't think that really needs to be the case. I think when you are newer to yoga, you have more to learn, and the workshop is really the environment where a ton of knowledge is being handed to you at one time. When you go into a group yoga class, it's really more of just leading you through a flow, leading you through an experience and making that experience generally appropriate for everyone. There's not a lot of opportunity to ask questions or to stop or to get feedback, where in a workshop setting, a lot of times you are being given more knowledge, um, different techniques, different ways of doing things, different sequences, and then there's kind of a time of playing around with it where you can 
talk to other people in the class, you can ask the teacher questions, there's a lot more back and forth and I think that speeds up the process of learning so much faster. I feel like if you start attending workshops earlier in your um, experience of being a yogi, it will jumpstart your knowledge and your understanding of yoga and I think you're going to ex um, enjoy that a lot more when you have a better handle on it because if you were just taking group classes you get these like little tiny nuggets of information from each group class it would take years and years and years to accumulate the knowledge that you could get in a one-day workshop that really is put together in a cohesive way so that the things make sense i heard the other day that a lot of people are starting to take teacher training courses like six month teacher training courses because they want that comprehensive structure to the coursework so that things make more sense instead of the way that they get information in group class which is rather fragmented but I think workshops can serve the same purpose and especially if you don't want to spend all that time learning on how to teach somebody else which might not be your goal workshops are going to be the setting to figure out things and there are workshops on all sorts of different topics so pretty much anything that you're interested in you can find a workshop for it okay number seven is understand your own body and have a good knowledge base of your own health conditions and how that impacts movement and exercise so things like high blood pressure or glaucoma or if you're pregnant or you have back pain or you have carpal tunnel these are all things that are going to change the way that you practice yoga and I'll hop back to that idea of having a private session so if you have any of those conditions for you to sit down with a yoga teacher and maybe not even just a regular 200 hour yoga teacher but somebody who has been teaching for an extended period of time would really have the knowledge to help you with that or somebody who's a yoga therapist and has more training in injuries and conditions and how to manage them in the scope of yoga that would be really really helpful to you because I think there is this understanding or this thought that they can walk into a yoga class and be like hey I had back surgery three years ago so just make sure I don't hurt myself and the yoga teacher is going to know what to do with you nope <laughs> that is not the case unless you have somebody who is like a specialist in back care and yoga or has a physical therapy degree on top of being a yoga teacher your average teacher who has a 200 hour yoga alliance certification has done between 20 and 30 hours of anatomy training and that is it zero training in how to handle injuries and conditions sometimes people expect yoga teachers to be like half of a doctor or a physical therapist or a psychiatrist like rolled into one person and we have to remind them that no this is a yoga teacher this is a person who understands the different components of yoga and how to put them together into some sort of an experience or a class. They are not trained in treating conditions and that means that they might not necessarily know how to keep you safe in a group class. 
So you, as the owner of your body, have the responsibility of knowing what you should and shouldn't do. And that's going to come from maybe your doctor, um, maybe your physical therapist, probably your physical therapist. They're going to tell you things like, okay, we know that when you bend forward, you have more pain. So they might show you some specific ways to change your movement patterns so that your pain doesn't increase with forward bending. That's the sort of thing that you wanna have under your belt before you walk into a group class because that teacher is really not responsible for that. You have to understand your own health conditions and you have to understand how to manage that, especially in a group context. So taking ownership of your own health, I think is a kind of all encompassing thing that I've been seeing a lot of lately that just as a society, we tend to say that our health is like the, the responsibility of our doctor, that they are responsible for our healing. And that's really not true. It's something that we have to personally take ownership of. Um, and I'd like to see that cross over into the yoga realm. So I'm starting with people who are new to the practice of yoga. Help, helping you to understand that you need to understand your own health conditions and uh, what you're bringing to the practice. Along those same lines of understanding your own body is knowing um, if you are an office worker who's been sedentary for the past eight years, you're not going to jump into a power yoga class and be able to keep up or feel good for the next couple days. You really need to figure out something that can meet you where you are and there's always room for progression, but just don't overdo it in the beginning. If you've been sedentary, don't expect that yoga is like this easy, gentle thing that is not going to be strenuous at all, because that is not true, depending on which class you're in. It can be very strenuous. All right, so number eight is do not compare or compete. And this is hard. This takes most yogis years <laughs> to work on and um, even still 15 or so years into practicing it still creeps up into your mind when you see somebody else doing a version of that pose where they're going deeper they're holding it longer or their balance is better you're always like well why can't I do that why isn't my pose as good as theirs but especially as a new student you really have to be careful not to compare yourself because you on day one should not be compared to somebody else after eight years of practicing three times a week. It's just you're not even in the same ballpark and that's okay. In eight years of consistent practice, you may or may not be at that same point, but the comparison, they always say comparison is the thief of joy. So even if you were doing that practice and you were like, this feels great, I'm really enjoying this, I feel awesome. And then you look over and you see that other person doing the pose, quote, better than you. And you're like, oh, why can't I do that? That is going to detract from your experience of your practice. So be conscious of when that habit of comparison comes up and try to let that go. The other thing is competition, trying not to be competitive with the other people in the class. Same thing if you see somebody else doing a different version and you're like, well, I'm going to do that version. That's something that can cause you to go farther than your body should be in a pose and possibly be injury causing. 
Redford is apparently very itchy now. Are you itchy? Yes. So watch for comparison. Try not to bring that air of competition into yoga. It's really supposed to be a very individual thing that you're doing when you're on your mat. It is your practice. The teacher is just there giving you suggestions and giving you guidance, but you are the one who ultimately decides what you do or don't do. Hello. Okay, so that brings us to number nine. And number nine is don't get stuck on this idea of doing it right. Because I have a lot of beginning students who will come to me and they'll say, I wanted to take a yoga class, but I was worried that I didn't know how to do the poses right. Or somebody who had tried a group class and they were like, I was so confused, I wasn't doing it right, I didn't know you know, what, what, what I was supposed to be doing. Um, so they decide to come and take a private session, which I think is a really good thing if you felt confused. But I always tell them, don't get stuck on that idea of there's one right way to do the yoga pose because there, there isn't. There's a right way to do the pose for your body and there's a right way to do the pose for your level of experience. You're working on that process of trying to let go of doing something right or wrong and you're looking for the version that's going to be the best for you. That's going to be a process of learning over weeks and months and years, but just try to <laughs> walk in with that basic understanding of um, we're not looking for you to do it right. Number 10, the last one is just keep an open mind because a lot of the things that you're going to come across in a yoga practice are very different. They're very probably out of your comfort zone. The shapes that you're going to be putting your body into, the music that you're going to hear, um, if there's chanting or the om, if there's breath work, it's all probably very different than things that you have come across before if you've never done yoga. So just understand that you can participate or not participate however you feel comfortable. Like if they are chanting in class and you don't really feel like you want to join in on that, you're just sitting there and observing. You're just listening and soaking that in. One day you might feel comfortable enough to jump into that, but keep an open mind with those things. Don't let them scare you away. Because I think a lot of students, when that stuff comes at them, they're like, wait a minute, I thought we were just doing some poses and some stretching. What is this weird chanting? Um, but I promise you, it all works into that system of why yoga has become so popular. So just keep an open mind with that stuff that seems a little weird. <laughs> and one day you would be surprised at how comfortable and normal that stuff can become. All right, so last one, the bonus one, number 11, is just try to come to class a little bit early, a few minutes so that you're not rushing in the door. We spend pretty much most of our life feeling like we're rushed and feeling like we don't have enough time. So if you can just give yourself a few minutes before you get into class, I know where I teach, we lock the door when class starts, but depending on the studio that you're at, they might have different policies about that, but it's it's always a nicer experience when you can go into the studio, roll out your mat, 
go to get your props, put everything near your mat, make sure you've used the bathroom, turned off your cell phone, left that in the car. <laughs> Definitely make sure your cell phone is off. Triple check that. Um, but then come onto your mat and start to move around and just kind of see how everything feels. That little transition period of being on your mat a couple minutes early will start to settle you in so that when you start the class, you're just going to be ready for it. You're going to get more out of that practice. So that was my list of 10, really 11 things that you might find helpful as a new yoga student. And if you are starting your journey as a yoga student, I wish you luck. And it's a very exciting time because there is so much to learn ahead of you and so many amazing tools that you are going to get out of this practice. So if you have any particular questions, you can go onto the YouTube version of the podcast and leave questions underneath there for me. And um, I will try to answer them the best that I can. Thank you so much for being here. for joining me in this episode of the yoga focus podcast if you'd like to leave me a comment or a question you can go over to my youtube channel at laura g yoga and leave a comment under the video format of the podcast or you can go on to my instagram which is also at laura g yoga and leave me a question or send me a direct message on there if you thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the podcast i just wanted to talk to you guys about the book that i released in june of 2019 which is called yoga therapy at the wall i've worked on this book for the past three years to create all of the pictures and all of the information in here it's 162 pages and it's a full color manual the chapters are broken down by body parts that we focus on using the wall to help us learn about different movement patterns and how to change some of the yoga postures to have a specific therapeutic focus. And you can really start to understand when you look at the book why I feel like the wall is the most underutilized prop that we have in yoga. We kind of forget about these things that we have all around us and that we almost always have access to a wall to utilize in the practice. So this manual will give you a ton of ideas to expand and start to utilize the wall as a prop. If you're interested in ordering, you can get the printed version on lulu.com. Um, you can either take the link in the show notes or you can go on Lulu and look up yoga therapy at the wall. There's also a digital download option, but for that you have to go on Etsy. And my Etsy store is Healthy Focus by Laura G. Or you can just search Yoga Therapy at the wall. Thanks. Hope you enjoy it.